You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 378th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hello, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts, where, of course, you guys, I am hyped. It's Super Bowl Sunday today, and I just saw the halftime show, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but I'm hyped. And, I mean, it's up there. It's top five. I don't know if you guys saw it. No. It's good. Not as good as... The Prince halftime show, but it's a close second. Close second. Amazing. Interesting. All right. I mean, it's kind of the biggest, uh, the biggest thing going on, right? Like, and I know this is a cycling podcast, but it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Everybody wants to watch the commercials and everybody wants to watch the halftime show. And they brought out the, uh, the early two thousands, um, to parade around during halftime. And it was amazing. And, it kind of got me wondering, guys, does the Tour de France need like a halftime show? Well, they have that parade that beforehand. Work? You want them to yeah, throw Lance not, in that that's parade? halftime. Mm. You know, you got to be like a couple cases of Natty Light into the event mm-hmm. by the time the halftime show starts. Like you want to do a interesting question. rest day, like a rest day uh we get all the biggest sort French, of, maybe French rest bands day, yeah. dancing for us. Maybe sort of rest thing. day is when you do it, but I feel like people need to let loose a little bit. You need to, you know, the Tour de France, high stakes, tension, everything. And then, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe like halfway through a stage, everyone climbs off their bikes and they got to kind of head into the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take five. Put everybody, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's a, what would be the concert of choice for, um, well, that's the question. For Twitter friends. Like and you, you know, justice, you know the AASO, it's going to mess this up, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking if we get ahead of this and they, they catch on to this trend of halftime shows, uh, we need to already have informed the popular opinion of what they should do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's critical. I feel like you're actually just critical. proposing the the midway food rest stop at a gravel race i think that's what, no, no. N- n- see uh just apply for everybody to hang on have a brewski i'm thinking eurovision but oh, okay. in the middle of this stage race okay maybe it is eurovision can we reschedule eurovision <laughs> onto the rest days of the tour de france there's two of them so we could have two halftime shows Think mm-hmm. about it. Think of the marketing. Think of the, the um, I don't know how you monetize a halftime show, but there's two of them, so that's twice the revenue. And that's how we sell the UCI on this. They love revenue. They will love that. No, that's true. That's a good point. That would bring eyeballs to that rest day, and then you just you just have that ticker at the bottom gives you you know a couple stats here and there to remind people that there's a bike race happening in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I didn't know where I was going to go with this, but I think Eurovision might be 
the ticket because the Euros will obviously love it. Those guys go crazy for Eurovision. I don't even know what it is. I'm American and I see the hashtag. Um, I don't know what time during the year it is. I don't know if it's like the Olympics. It happens every four years or something. I don't know. I have no idea. But, and as an American <laughs> fan of a weird sport like cycling, yeah, we are immediately drawn to weird European stuff like Eurovision. So it's a, it's a slam dunk for the American audience as well as the European audience. I think uh, if anybody knows the ASO's uh, head of marketing or anybody, get us in touch. You know the podcast phone number. Send it over. Tweet it at them. Let them know, and we'll make this happen. See, that's a, the thing that the, the UCA doesn't actually have a head of marketing. That's, that's the thing all along. There's, no, uh, there's nobody there. It's an empty room. The door has been locked for years. Pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure the UCI is going to do whatever they can to just ruin things. Um, you know that Lucinda Brand. You guys see the tweet that Lucinda Brand had about the the drone video. Oh yeah. Of, of a lap, like how awesome was that? Right. It was so cool. Here we here we are in 2022. Mm-hmm. We have a drone that can follow, and the UCI is like banned. Immediately. Can't do that. Immediately banned. Immediately. Meanwhile, Formula One has had like cameras on race cars that go 180 miles an hour <laughs> very quickly for like the last 20 years. They've had cameras on these cars. Mm-hmm. And you think maybe the F1 or the Formula One body, the FIA would be like, oh, I can't do that because of aerodynamics. No, they make it a requirement. Yeah. This is what um, Bel- good, Belon was all about. Like, yeah, like we, good, ha- we have the technology. Yeah. <laughs> we have the so, technology. I, I, I don't know what the ASO slash the UCI slash whatever, whoever's in charge has against making the cycling as entertaining as it can be, <laughs> but they are very against it. And um, <laughs> it would be maybe a good idea to maybe look into some of these ideas to make it more watchable and entertaining. So halftime show, maybe that's the ticket. That that may be the ticket to have a drone that can cover it. But um, uh-huh. anyways, I, I thought that... Uh, <laughs> The, the tweet showing the drone coverage of a cyclocross race, what a lap could look like, would be absolutely awesome. I think that there's no... A drone is far safer than all the motorcycles that are in the race convoy. Like, there's no way that... Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. Right? Like, if they're going to argue rider safety, like, yeah, you know what? There is a chance that the drone falls out of the sky just like the way birds um, fall out of skies when the uh-huh. batteries die. And it's going to take, um, uh-huh. take people out but guess what? There's motorcycles and cars in caravans that are inherently unsafe with um, the same user error that take them out. Yeah, it's uh, um, been a notorious uptick in the uh, yeah, in the incidents a, in the Peloton recently too. So, yeah, I'm with a uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Mayan, who who agreed that this is something that should be happening. And why do they have to only re- um, you know rely on the old helicopter and uh, moto? camera now you probably still need to have the the helicopters i'm assuming to uh you know like a mothership to the um to the drones so that they can sure. come back into the nest like a death star or uh what yeah, are yeah. The, the star wars things where all the little tie fighters go inside yeah the star the, 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 the big star ships destroyer. we know yeah, the yeah. big ships yeah um yeah. it's very exciting it would be uh cool to see but of course the aso in all their wisdom is not going to probably do it um I, in, s- I saw that uh lucinda brand footage come across from i think gcn tweeted it and uh i was like man this is so cool and i was like i my first thought was literally i can't believe the uci let him do this this is so cool 
And then the next day I saw the tweet like, oh, <laughs> we didn't have permission. The UCI immediately banned this. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, very fitting. Well, we are a multimedia podcast, so you definitely want to check out that um, video from Lucinda Brand on her Twitter account. The other uh, way that we are an overarching multimedia podcast is longtime friend of the three of us, um, Minneapolis bike messenger legend uh, Cricket, sent over to us a photo that I have put on the Instagram account and Twitter account. Uh-huh. It is, I believe, the earliest known photo of the podcast being recorded all the way back in 2006. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, gentlemen, we were so tiny then. Um, Spencer rocking the, uh, the live strand, live strong bracelet. Loved yep. it. It was yep. good. Um, raising awareness. Um, <laughs> I myself just look resplendent yeah. in my, um, ankle socks and I believe Lake shoes. <laughs> the, 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 the um, giant things, and then little guy just looking forlorn, looking forlorn, like the uh, basis of a indie rock band, off in the corner. Yo, Guys, what? it brought what? back some great memories. Why did I, I look so it. bummed? What was going on? You looked because you were hanging out with us <laughs> yeah, and a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Damian Tank. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you were just like, God, I'm going to be stuck with these yahoos <laughs> for the next 17 years, talking about this same conversation that we're actually uh, having right now. Yeah, yeah. I believe if you zoom in on the clipboard that I have, it actually has something about Valverde mm-hmm, probably. Um, written down <laughs> in there, like, oh, Valverde is going to be my first pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> In our fantasy cycling league, it's crazy it's that young, is young, up and coming Valverde. A hundred percent possible. He, he was a t- Grand Tour was, stage winner at that point. I mean, that's that's so insane. We were we were we were but children, and he was he was already one of the greats. It, there is a very real possibility that at that moment, uh, in that area, it was probably right before a messenger race. Is my guess? Yes. Is that we were talking about um, Valverde? Um, going into the tour and if, if he was going to have what it takes that I season. doubt it. I was probably talking about how <laughs> Pataki was the, the bee's knees <laughs> and little guy was probably talking about who knows who that was a flash in the pan for one moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and no one remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is probably why it's so sad because we were t- probably talking about sprint trains and Pataki and stuff. And he was like, oh, probably, God. <laughs> we were probably mentioning Vladimir carpets yeah. as well. There's a good good chance that, you know, we were yeah. definitely on that train. Yeah, it was probably something about Kobo. I was like, you guys, in a few years, I think Kobo could win a grand tour. And you were like, no way. Nobody's <laughs> listening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's great. So head over to the Instagram account um, and check out our wonderful fashion choices. I'm rocking my um, Maguire Pro Cycling hat that I got from friend of the pod, legendary U.S. cycling racer, Eric Saunders. Um, definitely a, uh, I still own it. It's great. Um, yeah. Little guys, uh, do you still own any of that clothing that you were wearing (laughs) there? I, that hat in particular, I have that. Well, no, I have that bellwether, uh, cycling fleece though. The zipper broke a long time ago. So it's kind of, but I have it and I do. Bellwether's hurting. They they need you. I do. Yeah, (laughs) they are. And I do have that hat. I'm really bummed about that, uh, picture because I don't have the, brim flipped up and there is uh, Garfield is under that brim. That is a Garfield cycling oh. cap. And I'm a little bummed that the one, one time it's documented. And I do have that somewhere. I used to have it hanging downstairs by where I would stick the trainer. 
and flip that on uh, for not sweating all over myself that three times a year I ride the trainer. For this hard trainer session. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, we were really, this was when we were really trying to race bikes. This was good. Um, this was good times. The many thanks to Cricket and a friend of the pod again, Damien, who's sitting there the whole time going like, I need to get away from these guys as quickly as possible. Like, they, like yeah, this is a, he did not care what I do not need to. Yeah. He's like, I'm out. Like this is this is done. Well, guys, it brought back some great memories, and I'm happy to be able to um, share those with you guys. And that leads into the year. So at this point, I think we gotta give our preview podcast, the annual preview podcast of the UAE tour, um, which starts oh, yeah. next week. Of course, uh, um, real highlight. Mm-hmm. And going into that, I mean, Nairo Quintana is just looking fantastic with a GC win. Um, Brought tears to my eyes when I read that on the Slack channel today uh, uh-huh. that he took the win. I can't wait. Okay, I, I'm going to cut to the chase, guys. I can't wait for Umloop. We're still two weeks out from the real start of bike racing season. Right now, we would be going in the midst of training camp down there in Australia. But um, what do we got, Logai? You're, you're, you're the expert on pro racing right now. Like you said, Nairo won uh, Provence and uh, Al Philippe second. And some young guy from Trek who I'd never heard of finishing right behind them on GC. And I got to say when I, his name is like Mateus Jensen Skigelmos or something. I just want to, I want to make a note of him, put a pin in it for when he has a uh-huh. huge success later in the year that slow ride podcast mentioned him early on. Cause uh, a lot of sneaky, decent results in his first pro year last year and real nice result there. Um, but that was a good race. And then uh, our boy Kristoff won at the Elmari Classic, which makes me think perhaps we have stumbled into a time warp to 2015, 2016 with Nairo and Kristoff winning on the same day. But that does. It is possible. Tim, Tim and, finds and you a had photo Valverde. From, and you had Valverde win. From the past <laughs> and opens up a wormhole and dumps us all back into uh, a decade prior. It's uh, <laughs> kind of what it seems like. It seems like the it. days here on the but, uh, podcast. The, the other good thing out of Provence, I want to note, was that Viviani won back at Ineos, winning again, yeah. as opposed to when he was at Cofidis on big money, doing nothing. And then the next yeah. day at Provence, uh, Concard, who's moved over to Cofidis last year, scored a win, which means he's already done better than they could yeah. have ever hoped because I think he's won two other races this year. French rider on a French team. They they got rid of their Italian sprinter and now they got a Frenchman there winning little early season races. So, could this could anything be more French? Like they must be so happy. Well, <laughs> they're they're probably happy. But I want to back up if it, if it wasn't for the Cocard thing, right? Let's forget that for a second. Viviani leaves Cofidis where he uh-huh. didn't do much. Yeah. First race back, Ineos wins. Start winning, yeah. Marginal gains. Marginal gains. Marginal gains, right? Clearly. I mean, like, he, Something's different. Well, Water's I'll tell you what was different. different in that stage was that he had uh, he had Ineos keeping him at the front of a very hectic finish. And the last yeah. like 15K, that was pretty nuts. And he had guys like Ghana up there uh, taking poles and ripping the Peloton apart. Whereas he did, let's just admit, he didn't have any firepower near that have Ghana yeah. of um, so What's just the with car for Kofidis I mean <laughs> I was just saying Kofidis is uh, they're um, you, they're um, they've got uh, <laughs> yeah uh huh 
What's the team car? What's the team car for Kofidis? Because clearly that has to be the, um, <laughs> yeah, that was their version of Ghana. I'm hoping uh, it's a Renault. Yeah, it's know. probably a Renault. Um, well, you know, a sprinting kind of a kind of a, a team game. So he he's back. He's yeah. he's got support again. I I thought I would get a lot more, even if he hadn't seen the stage, even if he hadn't paid attention until he read the results on the page. I was expecting fireworks from the super rookie over Nairo Quintana catching, dropping, slaying the Julianne Philippe villain. Uh, or is it new year, new you, Tim? Is Do we have a new villain for 2022? Are you trying to work this out? Or... Um, What's going on? No, he's still the villain, but I still don't count these w- really as true wins. Okay. Like I, I, I got to be right. honest. I'm not like fully invested. I'm more invested in the fact that um, B&B Hotels got a Tour de France wild card <laughs> instead of my team, Uno X, who clearly yeah. should have gotten the wild card. So yes, I'm kind of like but. at the point where the ASO is the permanent villain in well, my yeah. life. And then B and B has somehow become the secondary villain because I'm just like, wait, how is this team even <laughs> getting that? <laughs> okay, so His you have name? like a world tour villain and a continental villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's I mean, good levels. Like, I get, I get the ASO gets their private selections, uh-huh. and of course, I want Matthew Vanderpool's back to be invited uh-huh. to the Tour de France, but. There is no hope for a non-French continental team that doesn't have like the pedigree of a Nairo or like the, the, the budget of a, you know, the Arkea team or Wanty. Yeah. Wanty's world or, um, Yeah, but um, uh, uh, Alpecian. Yes. Sorry, Vanderpool's team. Sorry. Apologies. I know. I get mistakes every now and then. If you could just fix that in post- my one mistake that your one mistake. Ever. No, you I get will. one every um, year. Yeah, yeah. You knocked it out early this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good so, to get it out of the way. Yeah. But the B and B hotel selection, uh-huh. you know, total energies, of course they're going to take Sagan. That's why Sagan's getting all the money. That's why total energy went out for him. It mm-hmm. just, well, it's the system's broken. They got Pierre Roland and B and B. So hang on. Now, Tim, are you basing this um, snub uh, on how much you like the team's kit, or do you think their team is good enough to compete in the Tour de France? I think the team is good enough at this point to compete in the Tour de France, especially in a couple of reasons why I'm basing this. One, okay. they had a fantastic year last year. Let's not discount no, that's true. what they were able to accomplish in 2021. Also, I like that they're kind of a, a full... You know, they, they go full Scandinavian. Oh, yeah. Like, it is, like, fully Scandinavian, which I like. You know, props to them. Here's the thing mm-hmm. that I also like, is that they have a women's pro tour team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they their sponsor stepped up and also supports a women's pro tour team, which should get them way more points. But since we're dealing with the ASO, <laughs> not exactly forward-thinking in equity and in other things that they, they punish them. And it's like, this is the team. This is, this team should have a world tour license. It will be just a matter of time before it does. Well, that's their kits are striking. They're the class clown of the Peloton. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And how can you not want this team in the race? They're going to be way more exciting than B and B 
<laughs> Little guy, who's on B and B besides Roland? Uh, Gautier, Sio Gautier, and uh, I'd have I'm to sorry, look. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> he used to write. He used to give Tommy Volkler leadouts on the hills. Uh, the, the only thing that Team B and B Cycling has is that their team roster photos are soaked in that aqua lighting. Yeah, That's they're it. so dark. Like they, they, like they have the uh, black like, background. They look really menacing. It's great. So Eurovision, I love it. It's it should very, be a part of the halftime show. Well, I don't even know why they you basically invent- are the halftime show with no Kevin Reza. <laughs> like, what's the point anymore? This team. It's true. It's yeah. It's just a bit disappointing. <laughs> um, here we are. In I the, don't uh, dislike B and B, but I agree with you, Timmy. And I think most of the internet was in agreement. Uno's better, but. You can't. Nationalism is going to win, man. I mean, you know, they're going to invite a second-rate Italian team to the Giro, and yep. Burgos shows up every year for the Volta. And granted, they bring it every year, as BNB doesn't bring the same heat to the tour. But you don't see Burgos or like Kern Farmer Cajaral like the rest of the year showing up to anything, right? But <laughs> no. Um, did you guys also see the reveal of the um? Because we're talking kind of continental, for a while we were huge fans of Caja uh, Rural. Uh-huh. I saw their new kits. Definitely a step backwards. Yeah, um, yeah. From where they were, yeah. I was very disappointed when I saw their um, their kit for uh, 2021. Yeah, I'm gonna they, throw that out there. They are peaking in like 2017, 2018, that era. They've kind of been sliding slowly backwards. Well, is it are they sliding or is everybody catching up? I mean, it's kind of their their kit their kit. Have you it's the have white you it's seen? the white shoulders? It's the white shoulders uh, though, guys. Like it's been done. Like stick yeah. with the green, like the the royal green. Um, green. Think of all shoulders. the teams that have been green over the years. Yeah, Spencer, yeah. number one green yeah. kit of all time. What is it? Credit Agricole. Absolutely. Second right? Eurocar. Yeah. Is it like it? It's it's solid kits. How good is green? EF decided to make their pink and blue travesty of a kit cool <laughs> with green bibs. That's true. Green yeah, third third best green kit. Is it green? Uh, the Belkin team. Yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. Spencer! I, oh man, I what an amazing kit. That was one of my. I bought a Belkin router because of that kit. <laughs> In the oh, one yeah. year that they existed. Oh, yeah. I know. I bought a cable once. Um, just the green accents even work as well. Oh, like uh, if you think you're of Calme, so right. uh, you know, not I wouldn't call it a green kit, but it had a a big presence of green the verti- in it. The yeah. vertical stripes. You're yeah. absolutely right. Oh it's my goodness! It's a great. It's a great overlooked, underused uh, color in the peloton where everybody is blue, and or black, uh, and sometimes red. Um, it's it's nice to see those other colors. I I. I I will continue to advocate for purple. I don't see any in the men's peloton anyway. Um, plenty of women's teams using mm-hmm. kind of gradients uh, from pink to purple and stuff. But um, I want I want to see somebody own it. Just well, Burgos, solid royal. Burgos uh, has the purple, but again, that's that's Conti. It's not no one in the in the pro tour. It's yeah. The Conti's where the experimentation is because you got you got the Burgos and the what are they now? Bardini, CSM. I don't even know what they are now. <laughs> They'll be at the Giro. Yeah, they have where. some purple, but they also have that neon green thrown in the arms. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's not enough. I, I 
Yeah, I just want somebody to own it, you know? Another solid green kit over the years. Remember the Cannondale kit that had the vertical stripes when uh, Sagan first came on the scene? Yeah, the liquid gas. That was a good looking kit. Time. Yeah. Liquid gas as well. Yep. Same yeah. same family of green. I mean, it's not... But still, just an underrepresented color. Anyway. Phonak. All right. It's not... Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now we're just... Now it's too many. I think maybe now it's Jump the Sharp. Yeah. I'm green's with you, over. Uh, green's green's over. For a minute, Orange. Now green, green's Orange. overdone. Orange is the Orange? color. Yeah. That was last year's color. <laughs> it's still not making any inroads into the Pro Tour in the men's side. Well, that's because uh, Raleigh just changes everything up the second they start. Uh, they they build a brand for years, and then the moment they get some recognition, they change it up. Yeah. Well, they added a little purple, yeah. though. Maybe they were listening to you. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. So, Kristoff is winning races. It's 2005. We're heading into the World Tour season. Umloop is just a short two weeks away. That also means that it is time for the Southern Hemisphere um, National Championships. Oh, Shout yeah. out um, a couple weeks ago, we did mention uh, Dan Craven getting 17th in Namibia. Um, and we know our uh, friend of the pod is down in Australia um, doing his best. And of course, I'm talking about Mitch Docker, not racing. But who won the Australian National Championships, little guy? Oh, I don't remember who won. A guy from Ineos. But <laughs> I just remember who got second was Waylon. And because. Because it, it stood out because he got dropped from EF, and he's just like privateering mm-hmm. it, yet he got second. And I guess that's what stung, stuck out more. It was like, yeah, of course a pro tour guy is going to win it, but a guy who didn't get a contract and then couldn't find like a smaller team uh, obviously still has good legs and should be, at least at the Conti level. That's what's so right. Did you see? Well, little guy's uh, general manager corner is. Uh, well, yeah. we closed the book. We're trying that. to get. We're trying to get into uh, you know uh, rider agent stuff here, and I think you know it's a shame <laughs> when oh, riders. Sure. I, mean, I mean, we had all the Quebec riders who ended up without contracts, which is a yeah. shame. Yeah, so Reinhardt uh, Van Reensburg, who won the South African national championship, we're not going to see the coolest national championship kit in the professional peloton this year, like a. How does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know. Uh, mm, New Zealand Bitcoin. might be the coolest one. I don't know. Well, yeah. But it's so. uh, the continuing tragedy of Quebec not getting a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Going with their terrible luck from last year. Shout out to uh, Grant Park Criterium winner and Slow Ride Podcast trophy owner, Largest Olivia trophy Ray. Ever. Yeah. Large, a trophy taller than her. Olivia Ray taking the win in the New Zealand Women's Road Race uh, National Championships. Best um, money this podcast ever spent was on that trophy. No word yet on if there is a cash prize in the uh, National Championships for New Zealand, but um, I do hope that Olivia gets to uh, cash that check immediately. <laughs> uh, speaking of National Championships, little guy, I thought you would be excited uh, that uh, Iguita uh, won the Colombian road race uh, national championships. Very exciting. Um, That's going to be a good, we, busy kit. It's going to be a busy mm-hmm. kit over at uh, at Bora. I like it. <laughs> it's going to be. That's, I'm excited to see. I, yeah. yeah, it's a I real designer challenge. I think. I think. I think the designer for the team just was like, oh, rubbing the temples. They were like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Wait, I, I gotta do what? Oh no. I got. What colors do I have to integrate? Oh god. <laughs> 
Oh, this Love is it. gonna be good. We we should probably just have our kids do their own um attempts. Uh, why don't you get Tom Boone and Tom Boone to do one, and then I'll yeah. have um little Nairo Nairo uh, do a Columbia National Championship uh-huh. kit in the, in the to the tune of Bora Hansgrohe to see how this one ends up. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna I can't, be amazing. I can't figure it out right now, and I like it. That's one of the best things about cycling is when. Um, I mean, some kids, they lend themselves to national jerseys, but some mm-hmm. some got too much going on and not enough space, and there's no way to stick some vertical vertical banding or horizontal, and it is it's, it is trouble, and I love it. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Some of these teams that will go to the Tour de France with, like, seven different national championships on it, right? Like, if you look at, like, a team, classic oh, but, national championship team, Trek, like, yeah. half of Trek's team... Like, if you combine the men's and the women's, I mean, there's at least 10 different national championship kits that they've oh, had to make. Yeah, there's certainly less regular kits uh, <laughs> at their team training camp than there are national championship kits. It's It's been wild the last few years over at Trek. Uh, I was I was going to say, yeah, Trek Sikafredo does it. I feel like maybe their design uh, team has the ear of the uh, team yeah. boss a little bit, being like, Ah, maybe a couple more national championships. Maybe look at this guy. Maybe like, like I think they have fun. I uh, I think Trek plant. We kind of like we're talking about the Trek kit last week and mm-hmm. how we didn't say anything bad about it, but nothing like super great. It was just yeah, like a consistent kit. They don't need to bother. They've well, got too many. Exactly. They, they, they got all the national champion kits that all end up looking really good with the the setup that they've got. Yeah. It integrates well, uh, but nobody does it better than FTJ, who just delete the sponsors the second they get a national championship kit. Like, yeah. just all the respect for the national champions is that they're just like, boom, you just ride for your country now. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. it. Like, they currently have the Luxembourg national champ on their team, and then uh, the Lithuanian. I had to look it up because I didn't know what the flag was, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's yeah. so much respect that they're just like stick that flag on there, and then people see it and they're like, I they don't even the, know what country that is. Like easily offhand, it's great. They have the Luxembourgian national champ too. Yep, Ganitz, yeah. Ganitz, Kevin Ganitz. Yeah, and then they also have um, yeah. Oh, Lithuania. I thought. Oh, that's Lithuania. I thought that was Belarusian. Ooh, I got to yeah. go back to um, uh, flag school. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah, go back get, to flag school. Isn't what's his name? You know on, they're gonna uh, get a kit. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was thinking that um, oh, I forgot who the Belarusian champion was. Sorry, I thought I knew who it was, but I didn't. So now I can't find it. <laughs> I mean, them not winning the French national championship has to be pretty, pretty heartbreaking for Groupama FDJ. Like they have to put everything into that because it's the best one when they had Demare. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know who the French national champion is right now. Do you guys? I don't remember. No. If it's not yeah. Demare, I, d- I don't know who it is. <laughs> it's, it's not, Which is yeah. unfortunate. I, they I probably deserve the it. They probably did a great job. Not on EG2R. I don't even know it huh. Damn. Well, I'm going to have to do some Googling during yeah. the uh, during the old Premlap and figure this out. So yeah, we're definitely going to be doing some, uh, <laughs> doing some Googling on that one. Um, before we do that, hey, Spencer, a quick question for you. Are you oh. going to be back... To the most important corner in cyclocross to watch the Hartford National Cyclocross Championships that are going to be happening because you were the man that was there that got the footage of Hyde dropping a chain. No, and then the rest derailleur snapping it off. Yeah, 
Thank you. You were there. I just remember watching the video and I remember policing the video. Mm-hmm. Like you uploaded it. Yes. And then I got to work. It was like the ultimate tag team where yeah. then I had to ask every cycling media body that just like took it for their own without credit. Yep. It yeah, was we were uh, like, it was one of our first brushes with uh with big big cycling media and um, Yeah, big big talents. Yeah. 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 Um we're yeah, really gonna of, take a lot it to him. Uncredited uh, usage there, but um, yeah, uh, I I have no idea on the details of uh, cyclocross nationals in Hartford, which is basically in my backyard. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be at the same park or not. I haven't done the the reading yet uh, to find out. But if it is, uh, yeah, I know I know where the move is gonna happen, and I'm not telling anybody <laughs> exactly where that grassy knoll is. You're gonna have to go back and delete that video. Uh-huh. You don't want anyone else to see it, right? You're going to put that up um, away. Oh, oh yeah. so good. So good. That was a wonderful national championships to watch from the nice warm confines here of Florida. Um, it was, it was, it was I, great to I see. I saw several cars spin off the highway on the way to that race. It was like white knuckled the whole way. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, That's wonderful. I, well, you know who else is white knuckling it right now? I, I oh, found yeah? It, out. Uh, it was uh, Remy Cavagna. On a quick step. Oh, oh, and Honestly, how much are they? I was thinking. They like, probably didn't oh, know whoever it is. I probably like you know, uh, you know, should remember that. And now you say it, and I'm like, no, I, I shouldn't. Did he line that, up for either. the Tour de France? <laughs> did did that like get him a start? Did that get him a start for the tour? Or did Lefebvre go? No, you are not allowed because we must save this spot for Cavendish. He did not get. No, he did not. He ran. The, he rode the Giro last year. And then he. Uh, oh, that's nice that the that Lefebvre didn't bring the French national champion to the Tour de France. What a stand-up guy! <laughs> yeah, it's very fitting. He didn't. He rode <laughs> national championships, and then uh, he didn't ride again until the Olympics. So yeah, he uh, took quite a. He had to sit down for a while. No there. wonder why we forgot who was not, the French national champion. Not a contract year, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Not a contract year. No, he's signed through 2023, so he is okay. Mm. Uh, well, let's see who else is. Doing just fine. In the build-up for Umloop, of course, I'm talking about Michael Matthews in this week's Supreme Lap. Hi, everyone. I'm Jens Folk, and I do not listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Supreme Lap. Once again, we'd like you to... Head over to the wideanglepodium.com to check out our family of shows, wide ranging all the way from Nowhere Fast, an e racing podcast, to the world famous Grodio, which is continuing to gain listeners. And let me just tell you if you want to know what you're talking about when it comes to gravel racing, if you want to know where the gravel races are, if you want to know who's who in the gravel races, and if you want on the ground coverage of gravel races, you should be listening to the Grodio. What Amanda Nauman, Zach Schuster, and Bill Scheichen are doing across the board, but let's be honest, Amanda's picking up the heavy lifting here. <laughs> it is fantastic with that real on-the-ground coverage. I love it. It's a must-listen, and it's fantastic stuff. When the three of them come together, it is, mm-hmm. uh, it's great, and I can't wait to hear all about upcoming races. Um, the Rock Hobbler out in California um, happening this weekend. Um, and you're going to have the best podcast in your ears, and that is the Grodio, part of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yep. 
And you can check out those and all the other shows and all the other stuff that we've got going on over at Wide Angle Podium. You can support the shows that you enjoy, including this one, um, via donations. Uh, you can swing through the shop. You can check out uh, the few remaining um, uh, episode 300 commemorative historical vintage shirts uh, that we have uh, at this point. Um Supplies are running quite low, so uh, we want to thank everybody that has actually bought them, um, and uh, well, hopefully we can encourage a few more sales just to clear out a little more space in the old basement. <laughs> yeah, and we, we're going to talk more about those shirts, but yeah, the episode 300 shirts. We're on episode 378, so act fast. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> We, we, we hope to, we hope to make show, some new ones. 70s. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They are Doing vintage the at this here. point. Yeah. We have a lot of folks um, still wearing them. It's great to see. But yeah, check it out. Go head over to the wideanglepodium.com. Click on shop, donate, whatever you want. Check out the, the family of shows. It's yep. fantastic stuff. And we're quite proud to be a member. Absolutely. All right, guys. With that, let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, here we are. We've got a ton of listener emails to get to. Remember, you can always email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com, where all emails are gratefully received. The first one comes to us from David Arnold, who hits us up with It's Arrived. Part one of Operation 300 T-Shirt is done. Now all we have to do is wait for the Northern Hemisphere summer to kick in and we'll be set for part two of our investment joint venture. Oh, and shout out to the new listener from Swiss Corner. Welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast, slightly confused random guy in Switzerland. Enjoy the ride. Of course, this is Dave from Australia Corner. He's mm -hmm. a proud investment partner. And his father lives in Switzerland where the Tour de France is going to go past his house and he's going to be wearing what shirt? Yeah. My yeah. shirt, the Slow yeah. Ride Podcast derailleur shirt. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, this is uh, so great. So wonderful. You know, I, I think he was probably confused. You know, like the tariffs and the um, import taxes and things like that, it gets expensive shipping things internationally. And, you know, he probably thought he would go with the lightest one, the lightest <laughs> option. Um which is, obviously is never a campy derailleur, A, but I think it just got confused. It's not the shade color of the shirt yeah. that needs to be the lightest, just the it's actually weight. No. Um, so it, it wouldn't have mattered. You could have picked my shirt. Um, not Little Guys has a lot of ink on it, weighs it down. Mine but the um, yeah. 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 Do you... Do you now, Spencer, you're the one that um, executed this amazing... Th to, to remind the listeners, this is... Um, Dave lives in Australia. His father lives in Switzerland. Never listened to the podcast. So what no. better way to buy a t-shirt than to buy it for someone that's never listened to the podcast? So... I have a clearly random we've, package show up at the house from an international address. Uh, yeah. Here's the question. Did you have to pay duty before you sent it, or did he have to pay duty to walk down to the post office to get it? Because that could be the ultimate, like, 
Oh, like, oh, I got a package. I got to go down to the, because when I get those packages, uh, the, uh-huh. um, the card in the mail, it says like, you got to come down to the post office and sign for this package. Uh-huh. I get angry at whoever sent it to me. I'm like, well, oh, I got to go down to the post office. This is miserable. Luckily for us here at the podcast, we're, we're savvy international shippers. And I think we can get off on the technicality that this was technically a gift and not merchandise <laughs> uh, that was being shipped because Dave was getting it as a gift. Um, you know, so uh, I don't think any duties were paid, actually. Um, speaking of shirts and kits, Minneapolis's favorite Matt, Matt Pryor, emails us to say, make the little guy kit. I will totally buy a four-panel brown short kit. Yeah. That sounds um, like spam. Little guy, uh, Tim, yeah. do you have the spam filter not set on yeah. the on the email? I don't book? know how this one came through. Um, I, I should just, have not got through the uh, the filters that we've got. Thanks, Matt. No, jaw dropping. <laughs> I'll I'll buy a USA Cycling license so we can race a cross race together in that kit next year. Brown <laughs> shorts and uh, uh, it's the jaw. Mm. Oh, so bad. Jaw-dropping Klein Corner. Guys, it's not just Klein bikes that have soared in price. It's the freaking jerseys, too. Whoa, no. Uh-uh. That can't be. Imagine my surprise as I'm browsing vintage kits on eBay while on a work Zoom call, and I see this jersey. My jaw <laughs> dropped at the price. And it is a classic Klein vintage jersey. Uh-huh. With, I mean, it's got some good neon. It's got some... Neon greens, neon pinks, classic Klein logo. Um, it's a uh-huh. Giordana with a not even a quarter zip. That thing's like an eighth zip. Priced for $315 US Whoa. or 230 <laughs> pounds. Uh, to which, it, wait, hang on. It doesn't have like a mechanical frog on it or any of the. No, uh, no. it doesn't have anything. It's a good looking jersey. It's no primal wear classics it's, on there. It's not it's just, a $213. It's not a 232 quid jersey. Uh, quid, uh-huh. that's that's how they say pounds. It's like a dollar. Um, sure, it's a nice looking jersey, but is it hundreds of pounds nice? There's zero effort made with the description. The word rare isn't even mentioned once. Uh-huh. And it's a quarter zip, so you can't even go full schleck. I'm scratching my head a little at this bonkers pricing that you're partly responsible for and (laughs) eagerly waiting to see how this auction ends. But considering little guy could fashion an entire bike for that kind of cash, I think it might be around for a while. All the best, Andy P. P.S. Just imagine how much primal wear you could get for the same money. See, (laughs) He's he's on our same wavelength for sure. Andy uh, P continues another email. This this email came at two days later. Back at back on another work call and back on eBay <laughs> hunting for vintage jerseys. As I'm, by the way, Andy, Andy's a freelance art director. So if anyone needs uh, uh, freelance art, um, hit us up. I Andy, you might need to be designing our kit. Sounds yeah. like you've got some uh, a good grasp on uh, vintage uh, jerseys. Uh, yeah. Please help us out. We need a kit design. Um, we'll give you the brief. Uh, we love to support uh, local artists as well. So if you, if you have a kit design, anybody has a kit design, hit us up at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. I'm sure we can make it work. Um, we just got to sell through a few uh, remaining episode 300 shirts. But anyways, Andy <laughs> continues. As I was browsing a sweet lamprey gelée, my mind wandered. My mind wondered, what's the most expensive jersey currently on eBay? Oh. A 
quick filter threw up this. Perhaps sit down before clicking on this link. Has to be the Rafa um, duck, right? The uh, it is palace. not. It is not the Rafa duck, but it is a jersey for one hundred and five thousand pounds. Um, it is the Paul Smith Rafa oh. Grand Depart cycling jersey. Well, that's a ridiculous uh, price, but that's a nice jersey. It is a, it's a nice jersey. It's fully tagged, um, but the, the, like it is ridiculous price. Like that one is not going to sell. Um, so but, hang on, how much? One hundred and fifteen thousand. Like there was a no one hundred five thousand pounds, or one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. But as Andy continues. Describe hey, the mug. Hang on. No, hang on. Wait, I have some Rafa Paul Smith gear. Do I need to put this on eBay? And how much can it, I get for it? Seven yes, bitcoins. Seven um, bitcoins. <laughs> I'm going to retire. <laughs> described as the mother of all cycling jerseys and probably the most expensive cycling jersey of all time. One of those statements is certainly true, as it's priced at $142,000 <laughs> or 105,000 quid. And yeah, it's a nice looking jersey. You'd expect a Paul Smith and Rafa collab to look the part. Yeah. But why so expensive? I had to know more about this mythical quick kit and a quick Google returned this article. Turns out it's the most expensive cycling jersey of all time because the guy just has it priced that way. In 2019, the seller listed the jersey for 125,000 pounds. And then in 2017, he dropped it to 10,000 pounds. The article also reveals that the original price was a mere 120 pounds and the jersey is one of 200. So really, it's just the seller that is raising the price to a ridiculous level just to get the Slow Ride podcast to talk about it. Hey man, a a rising tide raises all ships. All this made me think, are NFTs the new cycling jerseys? And maybe that Klein kit isn't actually that expensive. Keep up the good work, guys, and feel free to read this out. I'd hate for someone to hear this and buy that jersey as a joke and then <laughs> wrecks the vintage market. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. See, we need to... I respect uh, the Rafa Paul uh, Smith jersey seller guy who's clearly insane because he is. Uh, it's I've, got a, I've got a closet full of these old jerseys that I'm not wearing. I could be making hundreds of dollars off these too. This is great. Well, I respect the commitment to the bit where yeah. he just changes the price like sometimes it's 10,000 pounds. Like, Ooh, it's like the black Friday sale. Oh, you better act now or it's going to go because he's got to be sitting there going like, Oh, those Walmart boys, the Walmart brothers are going to buy this at some point. They need this one of 200. Yeah. Like this is the kit. They're going to hang this at USA cycling headquarters in Bentonville, Arkansas. When it moves there, Oh, <laughs> they're going to need it. It's going to be so great. I, I, Chris- I, I think the only piece I have is the, for some reason, they made a um, pocket square, a Rafa, like silk pocket square uh, with with Paul Smith, and um, it was probably like fifteen dollars when I bought it. Do you think I could put it up for like seventy five, eighty five thousand? It 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 appears that way. <laughs> All right, Christine, longtime listener and friend of the podcast, Christine Ryan hits us up. Well, at least one Vanderpool won a gold medal this year. This is. Probably the third or fourth uh, person that hit us up. But the commentators say he trains by riding long bike races. Hmm. And of course, we're talking about Nils Vanderpool, who has won two, count them, two Olympic gold medals in the 5,000 and 10,000 meter speed skating competition. Little guy, 
Do you know what country Nils Vanderpool is from? Danish? Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to try nope. again? You're, you're on the right track. Oh, he's, Den- he's from Denmark. Did you want me to say that? You guys use this amount of technicality? We don't know. You're, we Sweden. You would know. From Sweden. Does <laughs> Scandinavian that Sweden. country. Yeah, yeah Scandinavian. I, yeah, Sweden. I would not exactly a question you don't know the answer to. Not exactly a massive um, speed skating country, but I will say he owns the world record in both the 10,000 and 5,000 meters. Any relation? We don't know. But in his Wikipedia, it does say Vanderpool is known for his high training volume, focusing on long, low-intensity aerobic training like cycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I he mean, plans after 2022 to publish his training manifesto. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Guys, we could do this. We could be the next Bonnie Blair and Dan Jansen. I, uh, somebody was talking about this on, on Twitter, and I, I had the thought that um, the – the uh, existence of a, a Nils Vanderpool kind of um, implies the existence of a Fraser Vanderpool as well. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yes, that's logical. <laughs> you, I mean, I don't totally see how it couldn't. Exactly. So somebody's out there listening to this podcast uh, named Fraser Vanderpool, and I want to meet that person. Will they be as neurotic? Potentially. This next email comes to us. Kigali has an airport. I'm writing about some comments you made about road worlds in Rwanda and that airport infrastructure would probably be similar or worse than Arkansas. I have flown into Kigali several times and let me assure you, airport infrastructure is sufficient for a larger airport. In fact, there is a direct Brussels Kigali flight on an Airbus 330. There you go. So shout out. I, the Rwanda World Championship is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Every year when they do the tour to Rwanda and all the photos of the the main, uh, like the so show-stopping cool. climb, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, can't, uh, it's going to be amazing. And shout out, by the way, um, you guys were saying that they had to, they drove the equipment from the Chicago airport south, mm-hmm. but it did look like that the Belgian team did actually fly from Chicago to Arkansas, our, our, our scouts on the ground at the uh, yeah. Fayetteville Regional Airport uh, <laughs> yeah, saw them taxiing. Um, from what Okay. You got um, The email continues. As a final port point, while Pitcock did win Cyclocross Worlds, I don't understand all the fawning over him for his performance. Is he a great talent? I'm sure he is. But it's not like he was competing against the best of the best. Not his fault for sure, but let's not kid ourselves. Instead, he was the best of the rest. So yes, I think there should be a giant asterisk for this race. How can anybody argue otherwise with a notable absence of Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool? I don't care to take the time to do it right and learn how to spell his name correctly, hence the abbreviation. Regards, Fat Nathan Peabody. Thank you so much for your email. Um... Does he deserve an asterisk? Nathan thinks yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, we went over this and I, I do, I think it was a, um, a disaster of a race on so many levels, but at the same time, you can only race who shows up, right? So I, I don't know if it's, the event should have an asterisk. Maybe 
Tom himself, he he doesn't need one. I don't know. I'm I conflicted. Nor- yeah. I don't normally... Um, okay, after reading that email, guys, does the credibility of the sender go down a few notches when you learn that they have a Hotmail email address? I feel like... <laughs> wow. It's kind of like when my uncle sends me something from his AOL account. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ooh, like, like, who, like, is someone trolling us here? And they're never, like, they're just like, oh, let's fire up the old Hotmail account and see if we can really get the guys off their game with their, their asterisk conversation on Pidcock. I mean, at this point, having a Hotmail account is almost like having a vintage car. I mean, it's like right on the cusp of getting vintage plates. And that's, it's almost coming all the way back around to where it's cool. So... If I could remember you, the password, I would fire up my Hotmail account right now. But I don't if you could find it. the keys, you'd fire up your 1991 Ford Taurus wagon as well. But uh, you know, not do something Taurus should wagon. remain dead. Yeah, oh, I love my yeah. Taurus wagon was great. Got so much room, you guys. <laughs> so much room. And again, we we love all the emails that we get at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Keep Unless, them of course, coming. from Hotmail addresses. <laughs> Tim will make fun of your I guess choice, so. choice of I, d- I didn't know that was a stipulation, but apparently it is there in the fine print. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. I, I love all our emails that we get. Um, we're in the podcast green room, and a couple of shout-outs. First off, um, Schwam again is on. I uh, had a couple of people email us already, planned oh. on uh, being there, asking cool. about bike choices and all this other things. So uh, ready to go there. I'm very Don't excited to Don't ask little guy about the guys. bike choices. My bike is dialed and ready. All right. Um, I love it. It's ready to go right I'm all, now. Yeah. What I am, uh, yeah. Can't wait. I was, I was thinking about this too, speaking of Schwamigan, real quickly. Um, we're going to have to, and keep this on the download, Don't Tell Trek. But I think we will be close enough that we should go investigate and see if we can find that uh, Klein bunker that's in the sub sub basement like, of the Trek headquarters while we're out there. It's a yeah. Well, when we were out there for when I was out there for the Trek World Cup and I was down at the bottom of Factory Hill, kind of seeing uh-huh. the uh, all the carnage, and there were the kids dumpstering into the the Trek dumpsters. Um, I did ask them if they saw any Kleins back there. Uh, yeah. They had not, so that does well, make would, me believe. Tell you. That the Klein bunker does exist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, Yeah, we're going to have to make a little pit stop. We'll have to find some covert action to go into the the factory to see how we can... A black ops operation. Um, Yeah, get some mustaches, kind of... Yeah, exactly. um, Just kind of walk in like, oh, we're the cleaning crew. (laughs) That's a great idea. Okay. No more on the podcast. Uh, They're going to find out, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Very solid point. Take this offline. Um, Totally dark. So... The other conversation we had is that we're two years out, but the planning starts now for the Glasgow World Championship weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, some Scottish contacts have also reached out to, to me to say that they're going to welcome us with open arms. Um, they're, they already would, doing, they that, yeah. they're already doing a research to figure out um, where we can host the Slow Ride podcast, happy hour, and um, live show. Really? Got me to thinking that I think we need to stake a claim now, two years out, before every other cycling podcast and news media claims something. Because, like, this is a very unique situation with all world championships except cyclocross being hosted in one city. Yeah. Now, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to. I really want to get up to Fort William to see the, the, the downhill. It's a little uh-huh. drive from Glasgow, though. Um, but. 
I think we stake claim, and there's going to be a lot of listeners of Slow Ride Podcast coming to Glasgow for this. I get the feeling. I think we just need to buy tickets in mass to the Cycle Ball like championship match, and then that becomes ground zero for the the Slow Ride Podcast. Like that's the night. So basically, we have an entire section of Cycle Ball. I'm assuming this is good or artistic cycling. I don't I don't know which one's going to be a harder ticket to get, but we're going to have to act now. As soon as it happens, everyone goes to Cycle Ball. Okay. This is. Uh, are you thinking these are going to be like the cheapest tickets? I haven't thought about that. That's a solid question. Um, I think that they're going to be the most in demand uh, tickets when you know three to four hundred uh, slow ride podcast listeners descend on Glasgow with uh-huh. all intents and purposes of going to the cycle ball gold medal game. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to um, you know to cast any dispersions upon the sport of cycle ball. I actually do not know where they stand in the hierarchy among the uh, lesser uh, uh, reported on tiers of cycling. That's uh, why we're claiming it now. You know. Um, okay. All right. So, little little guy, what's how's Cycle Ball um, Corner going right now? You're our resident Cycle Ball expert. Ooh, that's scary. Uh, well, I, first World Cup UCI Cycle Ball <laughs> World Cup of the season is uh april 2nd and okay i there's not a lot of info on the <laughs> imagine UCI that UCI website. <laughs> um, um uh yeah so uh it, it doesn't even look like they have a venue i don't know anyway um okay so after april fool's day so the whole thing might just be a joke a cycle bomb might not even be a real thing all right this is no laughing matter, little guy. We need to. So, if we're gonna do this, Tim, and and I'm not a hundred percent on board yet. I, I just want to make tell. this clear. I'm um, really doubling down here. But I can see, you know, filling up the arena gymnasium. I don't know where they do this. Um, I think a filling section. up, you know, maybe a third, half, maybe the whole place with slow ride fans could be incredible. Um, it could be worth it, and. You know, I I certainly think that uh, it is good to get out ahead of the ahead of the thing here. But um, we're gonna have to like I don't know any of the athletes. I don't know what what countries. I don't know the backstories. I need to I need to do some serious research. And we need uh, to do, we need to do a lot of research because I'm curious. Like, does Scotland get a like a, a team automatically in because they're hosting the World Championships? Yeah, they're gonna like, have is, a, is it like a, the World Cup. Thirty-eight, uh, uh, you know, assignees from their from their federation. No, yeah. um, who I need to know. Like, who is the Mitch Docker of Psycho Ball? You know, who who do I who do, who's the guy I want to know? You know, yeah, like yeah. this is not necessarily the stuff. best, but like, who do, who do you want to hang out with? You know. Maybe it's all of them. I don't know. The bikes are little so guy seems really confused. Cycle ball. I'm looking at the bikes right now, and I'm and I'm thinking about how unrideable a lot of track bikes are on the road. And uh-huh. This takes it to a whole new level. The bars go. Well, it's straight pretty up. much your seat. The is bars straight are straight back up over your seat yeah. or over your rear wheel. It's one of the dumber looking bikes ever created. Um, I would it sounds love a to lot around town. And, and yeah, it this sounds is a coming lot from like the... my messenger bike from 2003. Yeah, this uh. <laughs> Little guy's quote, this is one of the dumbest bikes of all time, coming Uh, from the guy that has a wooden rail bike in his basement. (laughs) It's broken. I mean, just the clamps, the bikes are the metal. I would say that the cycle ball bike, little guy, the the gearing is like one to one as well, right? It looks like it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so 
I just, Spencer, I appreciate you entertaining this idea. I am just willing to bet that when it comes to this world championship week of cycling, (laughs) it's two weekends that they're probably going to have mountain bike on one weekend and then road on another weekend. I don't know if cycle ball is going to be getting the marquee Saturday night treatment. I could be wrong. I'm willing to bet it's probably going to be like a Tuesday night, (laughs) you know, uh, like a quick day, kind of like people are, you know, what are you doing in Glasgow? Um, Well, you're going to be hanging out um, at the arena. Could be outside at a park for all we know. Uh, We'll see. It's going to be great. I think think we'll solicit the listener feedback. We'll see if people are into this idea. If they they could make it to the event uh, aside, imagine you're going to be there. Would you buy a ticket to the cycle ball arena to hang out with the slow ride podcast. And of course the answer to that is yes, but we do assume <laughs> that everyone else will, uh, will, 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 you know, vote with their wallets, but mm-hmm. I'm already sprucing up my application for a UCI media pass. I hopefully they won't listen to this podcast in about, yeah, you know, 70 episodes ago when they start reviewing our application. Yeah, <laughs> we've bad mouthed them enough. Maybe. We'll just send them one of the uh, episode 300 shirts in the, as a sort of, you know, sweeten the deal. They like Brian We're two weeks, two weeks out from the start of road racing, and we're super excited for it. There's so much more to discuss. But with that, I think we've come to the end of yet another Slow Ride podcast episode. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the intro and outro music. We'd also like to thank everybody that emails us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all emails are gratefully received and please tweet and Instagram us at the slow ride pod. And if you check it out, you can see the photo of the first ever slow ride podcast episode in 2006. Fantastic. Just make that your wallpaper. It'd be uh, uh, fantastic with that. Hmm. And yeah, many thanks for listening. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt, still making that face in Minneapolis. <laughs> and this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.